0: And welcome to the twenty-first episode of the Kenton League Football Podcast. And it's Christmas, and just like all good organisations—and to be fair, most shoddy ones—we at the Kenton League Podcast have decided to have a Christmas party. So here we are, Matt. You're here again. We're actually in the same beer garden as last time. Cheers. <laughs> there we go. A little bit of sound effects as well. There. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Yeah, so we're in the same pub beer garden as we were last time we met up. And uh, first of all, Matt, how are you?
1: Feeling very Christmassy as well. I have to say, I think it's a week to go before the big day, so uh, works sort of winding down a little bit the kids haven't exploded just yet with excitement but maybe by the end of the week and uh, yeah good Christmas special like everything else So hopefully we're be better than the open all hours Christmas special which I'll, I'll get watching at Christmas Day because they're normally dreadful so hopefully the Kent non-league podcast will be a, a good Christmas special this evening
0: exactly and as we're in Christmas mode I understand you were at the pantomime yesterday did your kids enjoy it or was it just you and the wife went we all went and it is
1: a really good panto the one at the Marlowe um, if, if you are going to go and watch it really really do when they had Mr Maker in he likes his football Mr Maker he's a big Jules fan and he used to chant football chants out he's not in it this year but he is in it next year so it has a bit of football ring about it so um, yeah great Panto go and Really go and watch it if if you're into pantos and probably if you've got kids. If you haven't, it's probably a bit
0: strange, really. I don't know. I've I've I went to the Canterbury panto a couple of years ago when uh, Samantha Janus was in it, and uh, I got a freebie from from my mate actually, funny enough, because he's on the he's a Canterbury City councillor, and uh, he got us a little freebie in, and and uh, we we actually quite enjoyed it. So, you know, because there, there are always the bits that are more aimed for the adults yeah. rather than the kids. So I think you can just about get away with it, but you know, it makes so, you feel
1: Christmasy We must have been to the panto. You? you think, right, I'm in here Christmas is coming.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well, due to various commitments on both of our parts. Our Christmas party is actually taking place on Monday night um, which of course means there's a few games that we won't be discussing and the FA Trophy Law didn't help that but we'll discuss that shortly. But we've got two interviews lined up for you and we hope you're going to enjoy the show even without a few details and if anything amazing does happen I promise I had something in myself. Um, first though we're going to start with the FA Trophy Matt and it went pretty well for, for our National League teams and um, I think we both thought Maidstone had a potential banana skin on their hands down at Torquay but there were no slip-ups down there. 4-0 win and the last goal was a first for the club for Tom Ray, a player I actually rate really really highly Matt He um, saw him play for Tilbury one of the first non-league games I covered uh, fo- nearly five years ago did the rounds on that side of the bridge now he's he stepped up to Mason he hasn't played that regularly but he's going to gain so much out of that goal
1: I think, I think it is and I also I think it's a show that he's not one of the players that Jay Saunders has sent out on loan as well you've had uh, Richards to Horse gone out on loan Phipps as well so he's stuck with him um, Good result. I, I did think it was going to be a banana skin for Maystone because of the results they've had the last few weeks. But away from home, we've seen it. You know, losing to um, MK Dons and uh, uh, Tranmere. You know, good, better size But Torquay they've gone there, done a job, four nil. Again, it was a pig of a draw for them. And fair play to them, Jay Saunders and. Brings them, builds them up for the Christmas period nicely now with, with, with some big games coming up for them.
0: Absolutely, I mean, absolutely left it late, didn't they, before they beat Eastley and, and a bit of news from Eastley today as well. They've had a bit of a shake-up and a man that a lot of Kent football fans, well, every Kent football fan should know, Andy Hessen tyler is now the Eastley manager as opposed to being the assistant.
1: Well, when he came in as assistant in the summer, everybody thought, surely he's going to be made manager at some point. When he was came to do the Dover games, all he seemed to do was to sort of put out the bibs and um, pick out the cones at the end of it. So he'll go in there, maybe Eastley were very poorly run. You think all the money they put into that club and they haven't really got anywhere. Richard Hill come back; he goes to director of football Andy Hessenthaler It'll be interesting to see because they've got a big budget there. Will Hessenthaler come in for some of his old Kent favourites in there? Because Eastleigh will probably need to strengthen their squad.
0: Well, yeah, and, and the things as well. I mean, I know Hill said the other week he was already worried about their future. And Eastleigh, I certainly remember when they were in the in the Conference South as it was then. They were big spending; they had ambitions. They wanted to go up there, but they just seem to have stalled, don't they? And, and I guess for our clubs who are doing well, especially Ebbsfleet, I mean, who beat them on Saturday, they'll be looking, thinking, you know, they're in a similar situation. They don't want to stagnate. They need to, that's why they need to keep pushing on.
1: Well, I think if you look at Eastleigh, the money they've spent and wasted is absolutely farcical. Um, We've got a player um, that Dover had, Bonsangala. You know, they, they apparently spent £60,000 on bonds and Gala. Martin Allen did, or, or I think it was Ronnie Moore, in fact. Martin Allen clearly didn't rate him because he sold him from Barnet. Two months later, they paid him off. And then, of course, he was going to go to Gillingham, etc., like that. And apparently, that deal cost over hundred thousand pounds, and he played about five games. So, I don't think any of our sides in Kent are, are that poorly run or just chasing the dream from that point of view. So, it's just a crazy, crazy club. Good luck to Hess. You know, he's well known um, around the Kent scene. Um, again, will he will he take them up? I think they'll stay up, but maybe they maybe that club needed a bit of a spark, different spark, easily from going down that sort of route. But. We don't really care about them. They're out of the trophy, so they've just got to concentrate on the league.
0: It's, it seems interesting, if you are having a disappointing season to bring in your assistant as, as the new manager. But anyway, we'll, we'll move on. We're not here to talk about Eastley. Um, Bromley had a good win at, at hartley Whitney. I understand that was a, a good day as well. And Dover beat Eastbourne. Um, later in the show, we're going to hear from Dover's Toby Show Silver. Um, but before that, tell me about the
1: 3-0 win over the side from Sussex. Uh, it was easy win. Very comfortable for Dover. Again, Eastbourne, very much like hartley pulled the previous week, they come and try and play a bit of football. And against Dover, you know, because so, I keep saying it's so well organised the back, didn't get to the final third, Dover get the ball off them and play to their strengths from there. Had a couple of chances in the first half, Dover didn't take them. you just think they needed, once they got one, it'll be game over. They scored 90 seconds into the second half, uh, Mitch Pinnock after good work by Bird. And then it was chance after chance. Mark Smith had a good game for Eastbourne, but an easy win for Dover and a potential banana skin, but it was easily averted because Eastbourne... Nice football, but absolutely no end product there. Jack Richards, who signed from Maidstone playing him as well, I quite like him, but he's he's very small. His stature, I don't think, against David's big defenders is a is an issue that he didn't really have a kick. So I think I know he's highly rated by Maidstone, but I think he needs to beef up a bit. It's his second loan spell of the season. He's been at Welling as well, so. Yeah, I think he's, it'll be tough for him down there, but maybe he can work on that. But I think just big, he just needs to bulk himself up a little bit because he's easily brushed off the ball against Dover's. you've got some big boys in the side. Did Kane Wills play for, for Eastbourne? Yeah, he was sort of playing the quarterback role in that sort of thing, getting the ball back, looking to pick any passes, and which he was doing. But, say, Dover, 10 men behind the ball, once they got to the final third, they didn't have anything to do with it. So, um, again, Eastbourne, he probably showed the, the gap between them probably a medium place conference south side Eastbourne from that and you know Dover a top top ten side in the National League and there was a big gap between them in the end to be fair and I think Dover deserved to win and they didn't really need to exert themselves and maybe James Alarby coming on good to get him a goal he played down the centre and you could see straight away there was a bit of a spark in him, and he got his goal after good work by Ilasami. so yeah I think uh, Dover you know, it was a good day for Dover they learnt a few things got a few players extra minutes and you know didn't really have to exert themselves
0: and on Saturday, um, Dartford drew one all with Bournemouth. They hit back to, to get the earn a replay. Um, obviously, if anything's happening that on, on Tuesday night, we, we, I will add it in. Um, the draw went quite well, really, apart from probably Dartford, Dartford, who, if they get through, will have either Gateshead or Geisley away from home. Bromley go to either AFC Telford or Blythe. Their original game was called off on Saturday as well. Um, but the, the rest of them, home ties against teams from the leagues below. What more could you want? ebbsfleet against Warrington or Altrincham. Um, Maidstone against Hampton, Richmond Borough, or the lowest team left in the competition, Haybridge Swifts, and your boys Dover at home to Marine. Uh, I, I even had to double-check what league they were in, but they are in the uh, in the Northern League Premier Division. But um, that will be a tie that Chris Kinney will be very happy with, won't he?
1: Well, I think um, Marine. I remember Chris Camden, a striker in non-league time years ago, played for Marine, Liverpool-based side. I think it's a very good tie for them, really. Um, Good thing about it, you know, the people from Marine are really excited about it. Apparently, they travelled to Margate in the seventies, and they're saying this is the longest game they've ever had to go anywhere. So they're all excited for it. Again, I don't know how well they're doing in the in the Northern Premier League. But, they're quite near the bottom, I believe. All right, so it's 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 a good draw for all our sides. I think Maystone, maybe they wanted to be away. I think about it, because of course um, they haven't really done too well away. Again, I'm sure absolutely I'll have too much for Warrington and Ulster. are again, I think the Northern based sides, Ulster have gone. Through the leagues a bit recently. Okay, you look at this commentary I said before. Now you look at Dartford at Gateshead or Guysley away at Bournemouth Do you really want to win? I know you do want to win I the game. I thought the but
0: same thing when I saw the draw. <laughs> you,
1: oh, what a! You know, going to Gateshead in front of Solus Stadium. If it's Gateshead, it's a trek. You might you might not make all the money you'll make for probably beating Bournemouth We'll probably go to Gateshead. You're not going to get any money in gate receipts. There's that's, that's a football supporter in the back of my head saying, do we really want to do this? But they'll go to Bournemouth. Nothing to lose from that point of view. Bournemouth were a decent side, haven't lost for a while. Not. I think it was a good performance from Dartford coming back into that against that. And Tom Murphy, who I knew all about, he's a good player. Hasn't really fulfilled his potential, but hopefully that can boost his confidence a bit.
0: Absolutely. Well, we'll move on to league action, and I think there's only one place we can start, Matt, the Bostick South. A brilliant win for Ramsgate. The Rams began the day 19th in the table, and not many outsiders have given them any chance against league leaders Lewis at Southwood. They'd only lost twice this season, but there's now three defeats for Lewis. A goal in each half for Tom Chapman gave the Rams a really good win, their eighth of the season. I caught up with Rams boss Lloyd Blackman on Sunday, and we discussed plenty of things about his club and the Christmas period, but, of course, we started by talking about that win.
2: Yeah, it was a very pleasing result. We, um... We had a, certainly had a game plan we'd been watched a few times as well as our reports and um, um, we had a good week's training and able to execute the execute tactically what we felt we could do to win and to be honest we limited the league leaders to one shot on goal from a free kick from 25 yards so I think everyone to a man can say that uh, individually they did, they did their jobs and collectively we were like I said we walked away with three points which was really pleasing
0: only the third team to beat them this season and people are going to be taking notice of that result from Ramsgate aren't they? Uh,
2: yeah I think so um, our performances on a personal level <laughs> have been pretty decent to be honest um, and um, you know, we've picked up some results lately I, I think the, the, the league table could probably could put a, an unfair reflection of what we have and, and what we're doing and to be honest to, to, uh, you know that result yesterday like you say mate. Uh, sort of to trust and the, and the of and um the, 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 which we say the that's the best way of saying that you know, the, the trust within I have within the camp and the group to show their ability to then go and beat the league leaders is is um yeah something I'm not surprised about although I think it may surprise others outside you know outside of the group
0: for your young team how much of a boost is that going to give them to to have shown that they can beat lewis
2: yeah i think I think i think that's the bit it's um, you know, their ability is in my opinion is um is unquestionable um, i think the the confidence that they will gain from a result like that um, is is going to be invaluable the the key thing that, is, that was interesting was the statistic that I read um, before the game was I think they had had uh, it was 22 games or 23 games should I say and they'd only lost two all season was the same run that 99% of the players that I had are still with me in the group. Uh, that was the same run of performance that they achieved at the end of last season. So in all honesty, there if that's a confidence, you know, to my team that look, you can perform at, that you should be performing against these better sides, and you have got the ability to be able to do it, and then going backing it up was, like you say, it's going to do their confidence a hell of a lot of good. Uh, and like you say, especially coming up over a busy Christmas period is um is a result that we hopefully we can, you know, keep keep the momentum
0: pushing and and pick up some more results during this during this busy busy Christmas period. The beauty of your team, isn't it, is that you know, you've got some players, you've played a lot of games, your Luke Watkins, your Jake McKenzie, your Joe Cains. Yeah. They've played a lot of games, but they're still quite young lads themselves, aren't
2: they? Yeah, they're all really young. That's that's the crazy thing about it, is that um you know, I talk about the experienced players within the group, and I know we can now add Liam Dixon to that group as well as Danny Lawrence. I think they're, the, the, you know, the two key, should we say, uh, uh, experienced more experienced players within the group. Luke Watkins, I think, is only twenty-seven. Um, and he seems to have been around. You know, he has been around for a lot longer. You know, to the his age. Mackenzie um, exactly the same. I believe Mackenzie's twenty twenty three. Um, Joe Kane twenty four twenty five. So when you look at it, they're they're experienced players for the amount of games that they've actually they've actually played in. But age wise, they're still developing and they're still learning. So that's you know they're they're a great age to continue their development. And and to be honest, um, you, you know it's. Uh, they're, they're a lot younger they're a lot
0: younger than people realise I suppose as a sort of first time manager it's a dream for you isn't it to have a lot of young players at your disposal and a club with ra- yeah. like Ramsgate who wants the youth players to progress and do so yeah, well yeah absolutely uh, we've we're we're very f-
2: well, I'm very fortunate to have um, the backing of the chairman and, and, the, and obviously the owners the directors but generally the relationship I have with the chairman since I've been there has been A philosophy, should we say? I don't like to use that word, but uh, um, you know, the project that we're looking looking at is, you know, well aware that we have to build. We have to build from within. Um, We there's an academy that runs with the club. uh, We've brought four players through that academy in the last six months, and you think yourself that's the future and and the life, you know, know, the lifeblood of of Ramsgate, and it's and it's it's got to be that way. we're, you know, we're Financially we're never going to compete With some of the teams Further up the end of the table uh, Higher up the end of the table and, and to be perfectly honest I don't think we'd want that financial you know, the, 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 come, the pitfalls come with those financial issues Whereas I'm a coach And I like to coach players And have young players That are going to get opportunities To play for this club um, And doing well And knowing that they're good enough And then can progress them on To me that's to me, that's not only my model, but that's also the clubs as well. So so far, as I said, it's a really perfect fit.
0: And it's, it's like you know, with uh, obviously Tom Chapman got both the goals yesterday, and Rory Smith—they're yeah. both local lads, and their mates come and watch yeah. as well, don't they? That's
2: it. Like I said, it's not only a case of the, of, of the young players, but they're local. Um, you know, Chapo's got you know, Ramsgate blood running through, running through his veins. He's, you know, he's he's, he's, a, he's a local boy that that loves Ramsgate. and 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 Rory Smith is. I he said he's Tom Chapman's cousin, so they're very, they're the family that you know said they're in it together. They're sort of, you know attached to the hip. Um, they're, they're, then said they're young, young local boys, and they're, um, you know, so they're excited to play for the club, and I think that they can see as well that, like you say, the project that the club are trying to build, and and they're, and they and they're happy and glad to be part of it.
0: And obviously, you've got the, the busy Christmas period looking coming up. Mm. Are you looking forward to it?
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, It's you know, it's I've said to a few of the players, um, the younger players in particular, and and that as I said, it's during these times now that if people will be people will be looking. um, I'm talking sort of individual players if they're looking to improve and enhance their careers. These are the key games during the key periods of 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 the year and the season um, when the weather's not necessarily the greatest. It gets a little bit cold, and uh, the pitches aren't, you know, as as good as they were three, four months ago. And that's where people now will be looking at those players and say, can they apply themselves correctly? And to be honest, the one thing I don't doubt within my group is is their application, um, and their and, and their level of professionalism. So um, we look forward to those games, although they're going to come thick and fast. Uh, we'll look forward to them on a decent little run, especially our home form. And we're picking up some, some decent results, but as I said, our focus will be now on Hastings away on on, on Saturday, um, and then move into the Boxing game Boxing Day game against Hylas. So we've got some busy you know busy period against some tough teams, but um, we'll prepare the same as we have done, and, um, and, and, and like you say, and, and look to take as many points as possible.
0: And just finally, that Hive game on Boxing Day, a local derby at home. It's a great opportunity for people to come out and, and see what your team's about.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, we've, there's a f- few fans there, hopefully, that, you know, especially over the Christmas period, it does, it does bring a few fans to, to obviously, to, to the southward of the, the ground. So, um, with Hive uh, coming off the back of that, you know, victory against the league leaders, um, the Boxing Day game against Hyde should be a really, really good occasion, and it'll be great to see a few fans down there. Um, Hyde are obviously, a, a local club to myself. I've, I've coached there previously, so I've got some. it be nice to see some nice faces over uh, when they come over to our place. So we'll make them very welcome. So it should be a good fixture.
0: Lloyd Blackman spoke really well there, Matt. A really nice guy. I mean, he's a young manager. It's his first job, and, and he's, he's doing all right. And, and as I said to him in that interview. Ramsgate want him to bring
1: through the young players, so in that aspect, there's no real pressure on him, is there? I think it's it's a good job, the Ramsgate job. As you said, there's players in there who've got a bit of experience and now some youngsters coming through. Lloyd you know, he's played at a decent level, he knows non league football, and I think that's an unbelievable result. When I um, looked at the results after on Saturday and I saw that come up, I thought that's a really fantastic result. They have been inconsistent, but I think that you have that with, with young players in the side. But he shows the potential that they can get there, and I think. Um, I think it's a lovely little job, Ramsgate, really. Because, you know, I live in the Thanet area and there is some good players out there. Of course, Margate went down that route a little bit to try and get those players in. didn't work out and they haven't gone down that route now. And Ramsgate have picked some good players up and there's some good players in the local area that can really um, do a job from that. And I think uh, I, I think he, he, always bit, he said that he's hadn't had not much luck this season and they are, what, in the league, 18th, 19th. So, But again, I think... Uh, maybe again can kick start the season a couple of local derbies over the christmas period but a really good thing and I, and I liked how he's how he spoke as well you see the passion in his voice as well so if you're a ramsgate fan there's only 150 or so there at the weekend i think you've got your club is in in good hands. you've had the glory days with the wards etc and you went back to that route to go in. it didn't really work out but lloyd blackman a good man and, and who knows football at this level and i think he's a really good appointment for the club and Onwards and upwards You know you can see What great Good result for them At the weekend They've had to rebuild A little bit And now Ramsgate Could be the right side Maybe not necessarily This season But it's the season to come
0: I think definitely I mean a lot of people Will know that I've got Quite an affinity to Ramsgate I covered them It was my job To cover them for You know a couple of Three years And i got really well With the people down at Ramsgate The chairman Phil Fennell was a really nice guy And And I started been, I I started covering them just at the time that they said, you know, we're gonna do the opposite from Margate, we're gonna get all these local lads in, and they did it the first time with with Dean Hill in charge, and it didn't really work out for Dean Hill, and then they sort of had to go for damage limitations stay in the division, they brought in Simon Halsey who managed to keep them in the division, and then the wards came back, and you know, they, they had some good days under the wards, they had some bad days under the wards, and you know, it, it was probably the right time for a change. But Ramsgate have been very firm in this. You know, we want to bring through our young players. I mean, Tom Chapman is the prime example. He scored both the goals at the weekend. Um, I've known of Tom for a while. He's a local lad. He's a handy cricketer as well. Plays for Sandwich Town, so he's in with it. And you know, as I said, you know, him and his mates will like going down there on a Saturday afternoon, watching Tom play, watching Rory Smith play, who's very handy up front as well. And that's what a club like Ramsgate should be doing. It should be looking, saying, we live in this area, here in Thanet, it's a big area, it's a big catchment area, there's some good players here, let's have these players striving, when they're not playing for Ramsgate, to want to play for Ramsgate. Let's get the young kids, the 15s, the 16s, because the thing is, they're going to, Yeah, Margate have got 15s and 16s, but all the times Margate's 21s, 23s are based miles away, and their academy, I mean, they're launching an academy, that's going to be mainly based at Herne Bay, which is brilliant that Margate are launching an academy, but I think for the young players in in that thanet area, Ramsgate is a much better option. There's a much better chance of them playing first-team football if that's what they want to do. If they want to get in and play men's football at the age of 16, 17, 18, play against men, strengthen and come that way and try and work their way through the leagues, I think they're well placed going to Ramsgate.
1: Well, I think, and I think he said in that interview there that he thinks he's got players who can go about at a different level. So, you know, Ramsgate, if they do, they're going to get players and move them on to bigger and better clubs. That, that's one of the things. And then people give you a bit more respect as a club as well from that point of view. So I think uh, I think he knows he's got a few, a few gems in there as well, which he can work with and they'll have off days and they'll have good days. But if he can work with them and you may see some of these Ramsgate players, I'm not trying to sell them off to other bigger clubs in the league, but you may think, oh, other clubs will look at them and where they go. And I think that's... That's the way to go at this level of football. We've seen, you know, there's not much money in this level. And he said there's not much money in the budget there. But if he can make footballers better, that's his job. That's, he's doing a job. It results sometimes, you know, if they're not top of the table, but if you speak to those players, are they bettering themselves? At the start of the season, they've improved as a person and as a footballer. He's done his job.
0: Yeah, and on Boxing Day, they play high. And I saw high, obviously, last week. I think that's going to be a really good game, actually. Cause a couple of weeks ago, you'd have looked at that game and thought, well, Hyde will probably win that one, but Hyde, you know, that they're struggling away from home, and then Ramsgate pulled that result out on Saturday. You know, if I didn't have other commitments on Boxing Day, when I was looking at where I might go, that was my number one pick, actually, Ramsgate against
1: Hyde. Yeah, I think it will be a good game, Hyde, again. I thought they should be doing a little bit better, inconsistent from that point of view, a good weekend, result of the weekend. You say struggling away from home, Ramsgate, you know beating Lewis there's there's nobody in this league you can't beat really you think about it from that point of view talking about Ramsgate guy a lady I work with her husband Kevin Byron he's involved in the club he's been here the last couple of days so I want to wish him all the best from that point of view absolutely one of
0: of the good guys Kev I get on really well with him so yeah all the best Kev
1: from that point of view yeah but there is some cracking Christmas games coming up as well so Ramsgate nothing to fear from um, playing against Hive but Hive need to kick start their season as well just Ramsgate gotta to get to the levels against as you did against Lewis. Use that use that as the base to try and get three points again. All the, th- the teams who
0: started the day in the top three in that division actually lost to Kent teams, as well as Rams go beating Lewis. Uh, Kemo Darbo scored the only goal as VCD, a, a place below the Rams, were 1-0 winners at Corinthian Casuals. And Hern Bay won 2-0 at Carl Shorten, and that all played out very nicely for Cray Wanderers. who won 2-0 at Whiteleaf, moved up to second, and just a point behind Lewis with a game in hand. And We should also mention while we're on it, Wanderers win on Wednesday night as well. They were 2-0 down to Sitmore with 12 minutes to go. The Brickies had uh, just had John Coker sent off. Jay Leader pulled one back. The home side was still trailing in stoppage time and then Michael Fry to hit a fine free kick to level it up and Freddie Parker popped up with the winner right at the end. We spoke at length about Cray last week but what spirit they've shown there. They are a very good side. Their manager's got them playing the sort of football he wants them to have and they've got spirit in abundance.
1: But after listening to the interview last week with the, with the manager and the chairman it didn't really surprise me they came back again sitting from that because he was very, very confident talking about these sort of things. Again... And there's nothing better than scoring a last minute winner, particularly if you've been 2 0 down with 12 minutes to go. So, great. you know He didn't think when he interviewed, he didn't think maybe they would win the league, did he? But, you know, Lewis losing and they've had six points at that. He's probably, with the Christmas period coming up, he's thinking mm, maybe we've got a chance now. So, uh, keeping up. And whatever, after the season gone, they've only lost once. So, um, you can't And 15 goals conceded as well. It, that's a, that's a good fact and you think that we conceded two of them against Sitting Bull last week as well so yeah great, great season for them as I said before in the pod I didn't think quite, I think some of our other sides would be doing better than them but they're flying the flag in that league for the Kent sides and, which is really as we said before a real dominant Kent, side, Kent division over the last few years Interestingly i found something out and this may not be news to some people who are listening I think it might be to you
0: but there's actually there could be three teams going straight up from that division this year because 19 teams need to be promoted from that step Right. From Ryman South, etc., Bostick South, and um, so that's going to be the top two and playoff winners from each of the six leagues at that level. That leaves one extra. Right. So what they're going to do is one of these brilliant average points thing. So they're going to average off the teams who are in third place. Whoever's got the highest points average will also be automatically promoted, and whoever's seventh in that division will sneak into the playoffs. Now, I mean, Isn't this is might... a
1: recipe for disaster, when some of the seasons finish before the others, and all sort of well. I'll leave the FA to work that out, but it can. It'll be, how do they work? That, is it points per game? Is it?
0: Points per game, yeah. So it, I think that's. I think that's. You know, that could open up because, you know, the, we've seen before teams just miss out on promotion and then. Lose it in the playoffs, but if you've had a brilliant season, you miss out by a, a smidgen, you might even just get straight up. And then the team in seventh, who are going possibly could be going off the pitch on the final day thinking, Oh, we've blown it, yeah. and then they'll get a massive boost and they'll be in the playoffs. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if the team finishes seventh in whatever league it is, whichever one of the six it is, I'd we'll be shocked if they get through into the playoff final and, and maybe even win it.
1: Where did you find that? gem of information that you. was
0: from uh, beloved website football webpages right. who uh, have a star next to everyone's names and I was like that's interesting so I clicked on it and it said explain the promotion rules which is, is good every day is a school day for us so uh, no,
1: that, that, well that is that isn't you'll have to again it's interesting we'll have to get the old abacus out come, come to the end of April I thought on that one but uh, fingers crossed well, it could be the old Devon-Bostick South when it gets the way forward. Let's hope so. And
0: Elsewhere on Saturday, Hythe were 2-1 winners over Molsey, their 7th. A spot ahead of Phoenix. You can see the last-minute goal in their 2-2 draw with Chipstead. Faversham were held 1-1 by bottom of the table Shoreham. Thamesmead let a 3-1 lead slip in their 3-3 draw at East Grinstead. Ashford lost 2-1 to Horsham. And sitting one were well beaten, 5-1 at Greenwich Borough. We've Uh,
1: gone off a bit there, haven't they, with Sittingbourne? A little bit, yeah.
0: I mean, they've had a lot of games. I think they've got quite a small squad. A couple of red cards here and there as well, and you know, you you just wonder with with, with Sittingbourne. You know, they they had a brilliant start to the season. Now Nick Davis, you know, we've bigged him up a lot. We've had him on the show a couple of times. You know, now he's now he's got to earn his money because you know he's got to be saying to those players and getting them back to that form. And you know, they've got a couple of they've got Ashford over Christmas. They've got uh, Ramsgate as well, so. They'll be hopeful that they can use those games as a springboard and, and get back onto the winning ways. Um, in the Boston Premier, Margate's game at Kingstonian was off. Uh, Tamar Angels drew 1-1 with Dulwich Hamlet and Folkestone Victor lost again at Harlow. And uh, sad news from in this week as well, as their canine superfan, Ari, he of the famous interview with uh, Sam Incasol, one of the top 200 tweeters, according <laughs> to someone, as I read earlier, um, passed away, Ari. Um, lots of tributes for him throughout the non-league game. And I, I know people, some people get funny and say, you know, pets aren't everyone's like cup of tea. Um, you know, and, and, and I understand that, but you know, it is horrible when you lose a pet. You know, I'm a cat owner. We've lost a couple. We've lost three. In fact, and it does hit you hard. And I'm sure Ari's owners, um, you know, they've taken him all over the place, watching folks, and, and, and it's going to be difficult for them.
1: Well, yeah, well, and again, there's an article in the non-league paper about him, and people saying he would miss. That's what non-league football is all about. When you bring a dog, and I know when the national leagues, so or they play guysly, it's like a lion. The dog they've got up from there. So we'll have to we'll raise a glass to Harry there for, for Christmas and his owners, and I'm sure folks in who again. They've had a bit of a disappointing run of late. Again, we big up these sides and they seem to go wrong. The results seem to go the wrong way, John, recently. Well, for, for, sorry for Cray then. Uh, <laughs> there are you
0: know, plenty of, of big up. Um, in the Southern Counties East League, 7 x didn't play on Saturday. They saw their lead cut to two points by Crowborough um, and Beckenham, who both won. Of course, the games uh, the games played are still all over the shop. Chatham Town continued their upturning form. The 4-0 win at fourth place, Croydon. Uh, Kevin Lisby was on target again as Cray Valley PM came from behind to win at Whitstable. And Beersted, little old Beersted, a seventh after a 1-0 win over Tunbridge Wells. Uh, Deal beat Rustall 4-2, Canterbury won at Irith. And Glee beat Rochester United 3-2. Um, still not quite there in terms of this league and, and how it's all shaping up. But, you know, Sevenoaks are, are still sitting pretty at the top, but... It, it
1: I think it will still be Seven Oaks and Croby that are they're about to come into the season, don't you? Yeah, they've still got a game in hand, Seven Oaks, so two points clear. I expect Seven Oaks, I think they're the most consistent side in the division. Um, I don't know why they won't have a game this week. I, again, can't understand the reason, right? For, for that point of view, Whitstable, my tip for the start of the season, not consistent enough as well from that point of view. But Chatham, we mentioned Chatham earlier in the season, what a nightmare it's been, but they seem to have turned the corner a little bit now, getting results, which is good because. I don't think Chapman really should be in that level at all. They should be at least in the, in the Devon South or North, whatever it was, it was, they were got booted into over the time. So well, maybe some good cheer, festive cheer at last for Chapman. If you've been following them over the years, you haven't had much fun really, to be honest.
0: Hi there. Well, it's me, John. Uh, just adding a few bits in, as promised, about Tuesday night's game. Um... Obviously, disappointment for Dartford in the end. I mean, you heard Matt say earlier he wasn't sure how, how they'd feel about the possibility of Gateshead or Guiseley. Well, they certainly gave it a good go, um, eventually going out on penalties to Boreham Wood, which is a, a great effort from Dartford after a 2 2 draw. Um, Tony Berman, I know, obviously disappointed by that one, but a, a really good effort. And, and it kind of shows where Dartford are that, you know, they're a decent side over 180 minutes. They've held a, a team that a lot of people hold in high regard in the. In the division above them and that'll only bode well for Dartford over Christmas. Um, I still don't know who they would have been playing either. Um, same goes for Bromley because the game between AFC Telford and Blythe Spartans was called off again as was gated against Geisley. Um, Warrington came from behind to beat Altrincham and secure the trip to Ebbsfleet in the first round, in the second round proper of the FA Trophy. And Maidstone will be at home to the lowest ranked team left in the competition. Haybridge Swifts at it again. They've already beaten Tunbridge Angels in this competition. They reached the first round of the FA Cup obviously quite some cup side. They beat Hampton, Richmond, Borough, which not many people would have given them much of a chance in that one. So well done to Haybridge-Swifts there. Um, in the league, Folkestone's game against Thurrock was called off due to traffic problems, uh, which meant the visitors couldn't make it down to the Kent Coast. While Margate had a bit of a ropey first half, trailed uh, 1-0 at half-time to Brighton Sea Region, but came back to win 4-2. Um understand that the fourth goal from Jordan Chudosi was an absolute screamer. So uh, all in all, not a bad night. Obviously disappointing for Dartford. Um, but really good win for Margate there. And uh, yeah, that, that's, that's about it really. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show so far and, and here's the rest of it. Okay, now we're going to have something a little bit different. As we approach Christmas, many people are focusing on a big dinner, getting loads of presents and that's just in my house. Um, of course, so the foundations of the day are, are religious. And on Saturday, Matt caught up with a footballer who's, who's very clear in his Christian beliefs. And Matt, as you're here, I'd like you to introduce this clip.
1: Yeah, um, Toby Show-Silver, um, David Striker. He's a very, um, very eloquent man. Um, but he's very religious as well. Um, there's quite a few in the David squad who are, are very religious. They pray before the game, etc. Like that. And, and Toby, I've spoken to him before and about his beliefs, etc. And I thought I'd get him on for the programme, particularly in the Christmas period. How he, you know, how God gets him through the injury problems he's had, and he's had a few issues in his life. And now he's set up a foundation. And he's it's got
0: a football club as well, hasn't
1: it? It's Daniel FC, which is a place for footballers or who can be, you know, can relate to each other, talk about football matters, talk about God, how they can improve themselves. And he wants to get that out to doesn't have to be a footballer, but other things, like managers, coaches, people in the game to talk about it. A footballer is quite an insular sort of thing, and you know, they don't like talking about two things from this, but he's a big believer in God can help people and praying, and he reads the Bible. And he set this foundation up and he set up Daniel FC. It was a really quite an interesting interview with Toby, and he's a really eloquent lad. Like some footballers we speak to are not, you know, they've only got a blink blinkered view, but Toby's got more to his life than playing on a football pitch, and he's trying to help others with uh, hampers over the Christmas period and et like that. And I think it would be an interesting point of view. And if you need help in any way in your club or anything like that, Toby's one of these people who'd get involved, and he's a really nice character. Listen to the interview here and see what you think. Before we get on talking about your foundation and uh, Daniel FC, Toby, talk about your injury because you've got one of these sort of knee braces on. Uh, how's the injury rehab going?
3: Yeah, it's progressing along quite well. I don't actually need the knee brace at the moment, but it's just precautionary. Um, I'm going to go and see the consultant next week, and then hopefully he can tick all the boxes off and let me get back to my rehab, start swimming again, start slowly walking around, and and jogging really. So looking forward to that. Did you actually have an operation on your knee? Was it? Yeah, I had a meniscus operation. So yeah, that's. It's just to clean out the knee, is it? Something? Yeah, it was just clean out the knee. So, how did you get the injury? Is it just one of these? I think it was just a, a tackle, um, and then afterwards it kind of just inflamed, and then after that, they, I went for a scan because we didn't really know where it was, and then it, it looked like I had to have a surgery. So, are you a good watcher? Do you enjoy watching matches? I get a bit nervous, and it takes the energy out of me um, when I am when I am watching. It feels like I'm playing. So when I get home, I'm as tired as if I played 90 minutes. I'm kicking every ball, and I'm. I'm heading every header, so yeah, I just want the boys to do well. We've got a good bunch of lads here, so I just want everyone to to get back to where they deserve to be, really.
1: When do you expect to be back? Have you set yourself a deadline?
3: Um, no, I haven't. I want to be back as soon as possible, but I don't want to rush it and come back too soon. So in this time, I guess I'll be back on the pitch.
1: Talking about the other things, um, you're quite a religious man and you've got your own sort of um, foundation as well. Can you talk me through that? Talk, first of all, talk about... Daniel FC as well it's a Christian football society is that a bit more
3: yeah so um, I'm I'm a I'm a Christian I'm a follower of Jesus and I strongly believe that um, I, I'm strong in my faith and, and I think there's a lot of footballers out there that are also in the faith but we don't really have a community of, of us that come together to actually kind of Share each other, pray with each other, strengthen each other in the faith. So, um, me and Ira Jackson, who was here last season, um, we came together and we said, "Let's start something. Let's start a body and a community for Christian footballers, um, where we pray for people who aren't Christians, anyone that needs prayer anyone that needs help, but we also encourage other Christians to kind of come together so we can support each other with our faith and grow together." Do you have a base where you go? Are you based in London, aren't you? Yeah, I'm based in London. Ira's based down in Ashford in Kent, um, but we have regular meetups in London um, once or twice a month. We do different socials But we're mainly online Through our social media On Instagram, Twitter and, and WhatsApp
1: You have to be a footballer
3: to, be, to join this sort of thing Or can anybody Who's interested in God Join this? Um, because we just started last year um, we're, we're looking to Start with the footballers But we're also reaching out To fans, um, staff And anyone that really Just it wants to be involved really But I just feel like It's important to have a body Where we can all come together Because a lot of us Are like minded Because we all love football So when we can put football And faith together We just have conversations where we can network and get to know each other, really.
1: There's a few of the diver boys are in this as well. There's a few from other clubs in the, in this league and
3: in non-league football? Yeah, there's there's actually a lot um, scattered a, along non-league football in the leagues. We've got some people in Scotland, we've got some people in Ireland, we've got some people in America. So we've, we're, we're well connected at the moment, so it's, it's it's really good. And that keeps you busy,
1: I suppose, is not it? And also you've got um, the Show, Show Silver Foundation as well, and that's helping out homeless people, etc.?
3: Yes, so um, yeah, Daniel C keeps me really busy, but also in my spare time, um, i got the Show Silver Foundation, which I started when I was in Inverness. Um, I was going through a bit of a challenging time but I was reading a scripture in the Bible which says that you're blessed to be a blessing basically so as much as you can be going through so many different things in life you have the opportunity to think about everything that you have and how you can give it back to the community or give it back to someone, give it back to friends so um, we do projects over Christmas and Easter where we go to old people's homes we go to um, homeless going to hit the streets with the homeless and we go to the children's hospital to just kind of give back to the community and and understand that regardless if you've got loads of money or not, you, you can still give back with your time, with your wisdom, with your energy and actually be a blessing to someone else
1: You mentioned that difficult period, God helped you through that difficult period
3: Yes, he really really did, I think um, if it wasn't for God i probably would have quit football um, because it, it is quite tough when you go through a few releases or a few injuries and you're not getting where you want to get to but God's my strength and He's my hope for the rest of my life. Really,
1: so you know, certain players get down about injuries. I suppose, you know, you look at it. Is as just one of those things? You just got to move on, and it makes you
3: make you bigger and stronger. Yeah, it builds character. I think um, it, it allows you to explore different avenues. Um, it allows you to really understand who you are and um, kind of that self-discovery. Um, and it actually fuels your passion for football when you're when you're away from it. So God's really opened my eyes to how much you, you are blessed regardless of you, I can't play football at the moment but I can help the boys and support the boys I can do other things that, that I have to actually help other people out so I'm just it makes you grateful it makes you grateful for life itself if you have a lot if you, if you have a little you're alive you, you have friends around you, you have family so it allows you to reflect on those things and actually be grateful for
1: that it's a, it's, a, well, it's a time of year now then that people are less fortunate than themselves can anybody get in contact with you to help people out as well help you get you know the homeless people et cetera, anything they can do
3: yeah, um, they can feel free to uh, message me on Twitter. Um, we've got the Show Silver Foundation page on Facebook and on Instagram. So even if you contact me through the club, um, feel free to to message me if you want to get involved if you wanted to do a local project in your area we can come down and, and kind of set that up and, and see what we can do going forward
1: oh, that's fantastic final your brother Richard plays for Dartford as well how do you think he's getting on this season
3: yeah um, he's doing very well actually I, I honestly think um, he's good enough to play higher and um, he's notched a couple of goals been solid at the back I, I went to watch his game in the FA Cup where he scored against um, I think Swindon, Swindon, that was it. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's just amazing. I just hope I get back fit. Hopefully, we can get them in the FA Trophy, and I can show them a bit of a, a bit of my skills. Have
1: we played against each other before?
3: No, we haven't. Just at home in the garden, but. It would be good to play on a stage like this, me against him. I'll dominate him probably. So <laughs> <laughs> he might come back with that. Thank you very much, uh, Toby. Merry Christmas to you. Oh, and, pro-
1: and if you want to get in contact with Toby, please do so on Twitter and uh, all the other social medias.
3: Oh, yeah,
0: he spoke really well there, Toby Show Silver, and, and it's uh, you know it's very nice to to hear an eloquent footballer who's not just focused on everything about the game and being out and playing on his Xbox and what his rating might be on FIFA and everything like that you know it is nice to hear he sounds like a genuinely nice lad
1: uh, he really is and I, I, I quite admire him because you know maybe some of these footballers have to live up to that reputation of FIFA etc like that but he's very open in his religious beliefs that this is what he wants and how he can help people out and you know going out giving stuff to the homeless people as well there's not going to be any footballers out there even if we play in the Premier League they You know, they're not going to do things like that. So, Toby's a a really genuine guy, and i really work things out for him. He's injured at the moment, and I think he could be a key player for Dover once he gets fit, because he did really well up to that sort of point. So, But again, you know, a lot of players, you see, you know, injuries get down, etc. like that. But he said it's just one of those things. Christ will help him through these issues he's got, and go on from there. Top bloke, Toby, and again, if you've got a club who need anything or want to help out, He's somebody who will get involved. He's based in South London, but he does a lot of work in Kent as well. So really good. Hopefully, um, you know, his injuries can get better and he can get on the field, but he's doing a really good job off the field for helping people out. Less, you know, um, doing well than, you know, less well off than some of us actually are. And his injury, what is it? And what's the prognosis? Well, he's got one of those knee braces on that makes him look like Steve Austin, which is a million million dollar man or whatever it was from that. But I think that's just to stop his knee from sort of bending. He hopes to be back... Um, February, March time, maybe with that, but I've got no doubt he'll come back because you know he's got a strong belief that he can get back into it. And from that point of view, it's just, it just injured. One of those things. He, but it, he takes everything in his stride. He's one of those people, and I think um, from that, and he loves a Harry Bar as well. So he, when I was did a bit of commentary with him on Saturday, as long as he's got his Harry Bar, he's happy as well. So I,
0: I love the bit he said there about his brother as well. I, I always love it when brothers may meet on the pitch, and you know maybe one day they will actually clash, and that'd be quite interesting. And I was going to ask him. Um, how did he get on on co Was he all right? Was yeah, he did than me? A,
1: He was very. He was very Nobody's going good as you, job. There you go. But he did a job, and uh, we may. He maybe have a gig up in Wales this week for, for for the BBC Wales guy as well. So, but again. All he expects is Harry Haribo for payment So um, from that point of view Excellent, well so right then Before we head
0: off for something to eat On the KNLP Christmas meal um, Let's have a look at what fixture, festive fixtures The compilers, computer or otherwise Have served up So in the National League There's, there's some stupid long trips this weekend You've just mentioned Dover go to Wrexham Epps Fleet are at Fylde Bromley are home to Macclesfield But Maidstone's opponents don't have too far to travel Leighton Orient um, Interesting one that one Because obviously Leighton Orient now under former Jules boss Justin Edinburgh Who knows this level a bit doesn't he and, and,
1: you know, he,
0: I don't think that's an easy game as it was a month ago.
1: Well, I think Justin Elliott was a good appointment for Lake Norim. He, he got promoted out of this division with um, Newport. Sort of a hard character who will probably kick them into shape, some of the Lake Norim players who probably thought they'd come to this level and, and it will be easy for them. So it's a tough one for that. And if you mentioned before, Mason's home form hasn't been good. It should be a cracking atmosphere because Lake Norim will set out their allocation just before Christmas. Maystone, of course, with a doubleheader against Dover coming up. If they don't get a home win, they'll be a little bit nervous towards that. So, again, I don't understand the fixtures, how they've worked these out. Surely two days before Christmas you can we've, we've criticise the fixtures on this. Surely Ebsleek don't have to go to file. Dover don't have to correct them. You could probably have the local-ish games two days before Christmas rather than in the middle of September that we have these sort of things. So. Well, that was a thing
0: as well, wasn't it? Because um, obviously there's a lot of people making a big fuss last week about Gateshead going to Torquay on a Tuesday yeah. night. That game was actually supposed to be this Saturday and both yeah. clubs wanted to move it away from that Saturday before Christmas. Um, you know, it, it doesn't really make any sense. You know, there, there are local games, there are closer games that they really could have had. Um, it doesn't, yeah, just just very strange. I think also Bromley-Macclesfield on the slide is a very good game on yeah. Saturday. I mean, a long trip down for Macclesfield. They're still flying high, aren't they? They're a good side, back. Field, and that'll be a really good test for Bromley. I think it'll be
1: a good footballing game. That Macclesfield plays some good football, Bromley plays some good football. You can move into that sort of time now that everybody's sort of played everybody else, the league's still quite tight up there, but you know if you're one of these sides, cause Bromley, if Bromley beat Macclesfield, that puts them right back into it as well. So, so yeah, some big games. Dover-Wrexham's a big game as well. Dover beat Wrexham earlier in the season. Wrexham have lost that, went out of the trophy, but don't know if that was a priority for them. Defence against defence, best defences in the league up against it there. That's a benchmark fixture, I think, for both sides this season, if where they're going to go in the new year.
0: Yeah, and on Boxing Day, you've already mentioned, it's Derby's all the way, Dover against Maidstone, and uh, Ebsfleet against Bromley, and, and both of those games, are, I think, are going to be absolute crackers. Really looking forward to hearing how they pan out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Bromley, they've had a bit of rivalry in the Conference South, didn't they? Absolutely um, beat them in the playoff one time. Bromley, it should be interesting there. Neil Smith, two young, good managers, him and Darrell McMahon. It's a gig, go. I still fancy Epsilon to come through on the thing to get in the playoffs at least. So, I think they're in good form if they can carry that on. Some, some yeah, some a couple of cracking games from there. Maybe on that point of view, you could see both home sides winning both games on that. Because, again, at Christmas, on these with the double headers, which I don't really think I'm a fan of, you can win your home game, and lose your way, and you haven't really gained anything from those sort of games. So, um. I think one of them because Macclesfield and Halifax are playing each other in the trophy and if they draw that they could play like four times in 13 days which is not the greatest thing as well and I don't think any of the managers are particularly keen on these doubleheaders none of the other leagues do it I don't know why the National League or the National League South do it so because you're going to get good crowds on Boxing Day New Year's Day maybe spread them around a little bit more I think the way forward because I think if you look to back at the stats and all these you'll probably find that very rarely to both both win both games.
0: I think with four Kent teams as well, it's a, it's almost an opportunity at, at that level, isn't it? You know, to, they've got the they've got the ability there to mix it up a little bit, and, and I think in most areas, you know, it's quite localised that league. And, and you know, I mean, Macclesfield, Halifax is hardly close, but no. you know, they could have done something different. And I mean, we're moving to the National League South and. It's a huge game on Saturday before the Christmas uh, fixtures. Leaders, Dartford, at home to second place Braintree. Um, it's not quite that the winners will be the Christmas number one, as Hampton Richmond are also on 38 points. Um, but what a fixture that is two days before the big day, eh?
1: Yeah, Braintree are doing better than I thought they would be when they got relegated. Their new manager came in. We lost a lot of players. Dartford, again, a good result. Dartford are doing well, good at home. And that game put down a marker. They lost. I think they came back from two down in Braintree in the um, second game of the season, so... It is a marker as well. Everybody expects Tony Berman's side to win this division. So if they can beat Braintree a couple of days before Christmas, that really gives them the confidence because they've got a couple of cracking games over Christmas as
0: well. They we certainly haven't. Uh, Welling travelled to Chelmsford City in fifth and two points behind Dartford on Saturday, which is a, another a really good game. And uh, before, of course, our two sides do battle on Boxing Day, a 1 pm kickoff at Parkview Road on Boxing Day. And for the third time this season, I will be there at Welling. Um, they'll obviously hope they can avoid the John Phipps curse of conceding three goals, but I'm really looking forward to that. And I think that'll be. A, 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 a benchmark for both teams. When I mean, you said that about Dover and, and Wrexham, but you know, if Welling, who are finding it tough at home at the moment, but if they can get three points against Dartford, that will really give them a massive boost going into the new year.
1: It's interesting. You see, Welling against Dartford, Welling haven't won for ages. I just fancy Welling to do them on Boxing Day. With the, there's a few pl- players against the there that Alfie Pavey going back to his old club. He knows Jamie Cole. He knows Jack Parkinson and a lot of the players will know each other. That's a real blood and thunder, Ken Derby. And with both sides at the right end of the table, it's, it's a big game. Everybody, I know, it's a cliche. Everybody says the Christmas period can make or break a season. Looking at some of these fixtures, it could really do for some of our sides.
0: Yeah, I mean, these Derby games really do make the festive, fi- festive fixtures extra special. So uh, get ready for a rant. In the Bostick premiere, Margate's lovely Boxing Day clashes against dorking wanderers away. Are you kidding me? I mean, I get it. I know there's an odd one out when you've got three teams in Kent. But why are Margate's fans having to make a 170-mile round trip to Dorking on
1: Boxing Day? That just makes absolutely no sense to me. Well, surely Tunbridge or Folkestone have to be at least one of those guys. They must be closer sides than Dorking. 170. I've never been to Dorking. It could be a lovely place. But I think it's really poor fixes. It seems to point to me that somebody's gone through all the fixtures. And thought, oh, bugger, we've left out Margate here. We've left out. Oh, I'll just put them together. It just, it just doesn't make sense. The clubs get an option who they want to play on these things. They, you know, they want to. From a Dorking point of view, they probably want to play somebody who's a bit closer, to them, a bit of gate. From a, from a Dorking fight fans point of view, Margate coming on Boxing Day, is not really going to whet the appetites from that point of view, and vice versa. It's an absolute farce sometimes the fixtures in these, how they work things out. So. And I'll give maximum respect for the Margate fans who are going to make that journey because you should have been, You want to be closer with your family, not having to go to Dorking, which is crazy, crazy. No public transport that day either, which doesn't help. And I think Dorking would have loved to have
0: played Leatherhead, boxing. Yeah. now Leatherhead are ground sharing with Kingstonian. Uh, That's the obvious Boxing uh, Day game for them. Um, I mean, I was trying to look and I was trying to, you know, I was trying to give the league a bit of slack. And you can almost understand, you know, that you compare the teams quite easily. And there is an odd one out in Kent, but... Tunbridge are so far away Tunbridge and Folkestone are at a fair distance yeah. that's obviously the game on New Year's Day uh, on Boxing Day sorry and I don't understand why Margate aren't playing Folkestone I know they're playing on New Year's Day yeah. which is completely different but there are closer. Te- there are teams a lot closer to Tunbridge than Folkestone
1: Yeah.
0: and Tunbridge have probably got a, a short straw there yeah. uh, but Margate having to go to Dorking. Mean, I, I, picked, I picked that one out the day the fixes came out and I was like what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, Margate have had some good games. They've had Maidstone a couple of times on Boxing Day. You know, they've always had sort of decent local clashes. And then this year, they get absolutely stitched up with that one. It's
1: absolutely I'm, I'm, I'm ludicrous. Game, I'm sure that, you know, there's going to be no enthusiasm. Normally, Boxing Day football, you get excited. No, right, going to Dorking, 170 miles away, maximum respect for those Margate fans who go, go to that game.
0: And I, I certainly have an insider at Margate who was not impressed with that fiction yeah. when it came out. I'm sure you know yeah, who yeah, that yeah. is, uh, Matt. Um, before that, on uh, on Saturday, Margate are at home to Wingate and Finchley. Folks have got to go to Needham Market on Saturday. <laughs> More brilliant uh, planning. And Angels are at home to Harrow Borough. Um, in the Bostick South, on Saturday, it's Chipsy against Herne Bay, Favisham against Walton Casuals. Um, as we've already heard Ramsgate travel to Hastings Thamesme go to Horsham Hyde take on Phoenix Crayer at Molsey, Sittingbourne host Lewis that'd be a good game and uh, VCD play Ashford and then it is Derby Day on Boxing Day as Ashford host Sittingbourne Herne Bay against Faversham. Phoenix against Greenwich, uh Ramsgate play Hyde, Thamesmead play V C D on Wednesday, which just seems with Cray, who have a cracking derby against um yeah, Shoreham. Um well, I mean it's a game they'll be expecting to win and win well in their current form, so Tony Ross probably won't be that upset about it, especially as it is at home. Um of course rather than a hundred and ten mile round trip, Shoreham probably should be playing Horsham uh on Boxing Day. But Matt, any ideas where Horsham are gonna be going on Boxing Day? No idea. I'll give you a clue, they're close to the airport. Where do you think they're going? Um, They're going to Guernsey. Go to yeah, great, yeah. Uh, no, you're not. <laughs> Horsham are away to Guernsey on Boxing Day. So, oh, they've they got to travel the night before, are eh, they, surely? I would imagine they'll go in the morning. Um, I think there is a flight in the morning. But, um, you know, I remember very oh, very much when I worked in, uh, in, in the local papers, um, we, uh, we had a paper in Crawley, and Crawley Down, um, which isn't that close to, to um, Gatwick Airport, they, for some reason, added the word Gatwick onto the end of their uh, name. And they were in this division. And uh, they got they had to go to Guernsey on box it I remember their manager uh, saying to my colleague, "It's only because we've got Gatwick in our <laughs> name. We've been really stitched up here. But you know, Paul Horsham. you know that. I mean, that is going to be a, a,
1: a tough one for them. A, a tough game, and maybe know, they can have some sense and say, maybe oh, I know. Give Guernsey the weekend. Exactly. You don't let them play it, do you? So um, it'd be interesting to see if Guernsey. One of their thing is that they have to play at home on that weekend. I have not know. History of their fixtures, but yeah, surely you could say you can have a week off Guernsey, and another, and, and probably and those and um, Horsham could probably think their players can probably enjoy their Christmas yeah. rather than thinking, oh God, what time is the flight tomorrow? So, but yeah, but. Anyway. That's non-league football, that's probably why we love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's no boxing,
0: games at- boxing Day games at all in the scaffold Premier Division, um, but there are eight games on Saturday, including the bottom-of-the-table derby ding-dong between Rochester United and Hollands and Blair. Um, leaders Seven Oaks are home to Beersted, Witsborough will play Crowborough, and tunbridge Wells and Sheppie meet again, with the ice having won 5-1 at the Colden earlier this season in the FA Vars. That's about it for this week. Um, it's uh, been a cold evening outside in the... In the uh, Weatherspoons Pub Garden in in Faversham. Other pub chains are available, um, but no, a, a, another good show, Matt. And, and I hope everyone out there has a very merry Christmas.
1: Well, I think, um, well, I, I, yeah, Christmas has come pretty quick. well. That when we came here before, they had a Christmas tree in the uh, in the thing, and I was disgusted because it was the middle of November. But I'm a bit more Christmassy now. Even though it's not very big, busy for Weatherspoons on a Monday. I thought it'd be a little bit busy in this, but we've had a, a nice time. I've enjoyed uh, doing the pod. We're going to have a bit of food and hopefully. Santa brings you plenty of good presents and, of course, three points on Boxing Day for all our Kent sides, even though, you know, it can't really happen to all of them because they're all playing each other, but there you go. I've enjoyed that. Merry Christmas, one and all. uh, Well, we should really sing a song now, shouldn't we?
0: No, you're all right, thanks. We'll Uh, pass on that one. Thanks very much. Merry Christmas, everyone, and we shall speak to you soon.